Y'all gonna have to give me a brief intermission. I gotta walk to the to the beer cooler, and it's gonna take about 20 seconds. What's up, HVAC crew? Welcome back to another episode of HVAC R&D, powered by Keystone Sales and Associates. We had them on last week for episode 100. They are your premier PHVAC manufacturers rep in the Mid-Atlantic. Hope you learned. Hope you learned what that was. We do have another guest lined up for you, a local yokel, I should say. We've been battling with his uh, mic, and and actually, I got a. Uh, I'm sitting in a hundred-year-old rocking chair too because I'm moving and I don't have any furniture. So, without further ado, let's get it going. Yeah, come on. Is there... You like that? You like that rocking chair? That's nice. I'm like, shit, I got nothing to sit in. (laughs) What am I doing? The house is rocking. Yeah, I got no furniture in this house, man. I'm moving in like two weeks. Where are you moving to? Valve disease. Oh, that's right. That's right. You told me that. What's up, trade crew? Like we said, welcome back to episode 101 after last week's episode 100 of HVAC R&D. This episode is also brought to you by Platinum Sponsor One Thing Marketing, the excellent marketing people behind the creation of HVACR&D.com, which is a very nice, sleek website you guys should go check out. It's all about a podcast that brings together friends that have conversations about HVAC. That's right. Power of conversation. That's Good it. Job. Slide that in there. Yep. So please make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at hvac.rnd, as well as on LinkedIn, Facebook, and TradeHounds. Again, go check out the website hvacrnd.com. Check out the vendor hub for more information on One Thing Marketing, Keystone Sales and Associates, as well as our deals on BetterHelp, Chirp, and Service Titan. Also, Stay tuned to the live training events updates. There's going to be a lot of counter days this this fall that uh, Dennis will be at. A few of them with me, but we're going to get all those things posted up there to make sure if you're local, you come out and see us. And for any other information there, you can always check the link tree in the bios of our social media. Also, we did celebrate the top 10 all-time episodes of, well, I guess I should say our fan favorite top 10 countdown last week as well as announce the episode 100 giveaway it's friday we are still counting entrance on all social media platforms through the end of day on sunday which is let me see the date sunday the 25th 
and we'll start announcing the five episode 100 giveaways 26th through the 30th so stay tuned for that well so real quick i don't i feel like we don't touch on this enough while you hit that that vendor hub so when you go to our website and you go to the vendor hub link we're going to be constantly adding companies to that and it's for you guys right it's for it's for contractors to go in there if you haven't checked out chirp service if you hadn't checked out service titan that'd be kind of hard to believe if you hadn't checked them out but if you go in there and click those links and you go through that through us you will get some discounts in there some of that is just trying it out right correct Correct. Um, so it's a good place to go try something out before you you know go all in on something so definitely go check that out we'll, we'll add more to that as we go along sorry throw that in no there. no and uh with that i guess it's time to get to what everybody came to the show for that's right so tonight everyone as dennis said local yokel we have an up-and-coming young gun in the North Carolina market making his podcast debut with us. So please welcome U.S. Army veteran, president of Taylor Air, Mr. Taylor Sane, to the show. Every day I wake up knowing it could be my last. I ain't here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Shot the hill with the red wine, pour me some moonshine. When I'm gone, put it in stone. He left nothing behind. I ain't here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. What's up, man? Yeah, what's got- going on, guys? What's, what's up? up? You guys can hear me good, I'm guessing. You we know. can. Redneck style over here. Got the AirPods in, one AirPod in, and still talking <laughs> on the computer because I can't figure it out. Uh, we do what we can. <laughs> so I, I, I was gonna say I, I could, I can picture you sitting in your office. Everybody would have to see this thing. This is straight off the street storefront. If you walked up on it right now and opened the storefront, it would just be Taylor chilling in there in his ginormous desk with his ginormous Mac screen right in front of it. Which is pretty much what I saw on Monday when I walked in the front door. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, tell us about this, this shop here, because clearly nobody meets there and loads up equipment, right? Yeah, well, um, so my grandpa actually bought a bunch of storefront property back in... 1970 and so this was actually a barber shop for probably 50 years and then you want to talk about when i remodeled there was like everybody's hair that was in here was probably dead for 20 years and i was sweeping their (laughs) hair up and (laughs) coughing and uh it was it was quite a time but the barber shop actually moved over beside of this building and me and him were shooting the crap one day and he was like, yeah, I'm moving out. I said, well, crap, I need to talk to my grandma because I need a storefront. And, you know, there's a heating and air company right beside us. That'd look good to put another one right here. So uh, <laughs> talk to old H- granny. AC Row. Yep. That's, that's right. Yeah. It's kind of like Nashville, but a little bit different. <laughs> right. But, yeah, so moved in here. I remodeled everything, got all the hair out. Well, 90% <laughs> of the hair and uh, turned it into a... My wife actually designed it, if y'all couldn't tell that. 
Oh yeah, the, he's got some well, swanky furniture. It in there. is. It is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Old mid-century modern vibe. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, just moved in here, and it was actually cheaper to rent this place than what I was paying for a billboard. So I put a billboard on the side of the building and on the front, and I come out as a nice investment there. There you go. Um, but other than all now, the sales guys that stopped by and ruined my lunchtime and have to drink beer with, you know. <laughs> that's why I showed up after lunch. Hey, you're yeah, storefront. It is what you, you're the one on front street there. That's not yeah. our fault. That's true. Hey, that's true. That, Taylor. This this show is gonna be so much better because I walked in your door on Monday. <laughs> I was like, man, that dude doesn't he looks real familiar. So I'm looking out the window because you can't see me, but I can see you and I'm like, Right. I'm pretty sure that's uh Dennis's boyfriend. I'm like, Oh, yep, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> also a nice feature there where you can see who's walking up yep. and yeah. literally I think you've told me and Grayson have popped in there you've literally said you've you've eased over to the door and locked it and the guy has no idea <laughs> he's just pulling yep. all the door in <laughs> do that about uh, there's some guys that decide they want to show up on Tuesday and Wednesdays and I don't ever buy anything from them they're nice guys and all but it's like sometimes I'm in the middle of doing something so I see their truck pull up and I lock the door and run to the back, and they, you can hear them knocking, looking in the door, and uh, they leave, and I'm like, "Thank God!" So that's like fourth. That's like our fourth segment. We're talking, or maybe fifth <laughs> segment when we're talking about vendors. Anyway, so, so we'll get there. It's, it's funny you said uh, there's a heat and air place beside you, so you put another one in. When I was in Charleston last week, I did some training at a shop, and I. You know, I'm, it's, it looks kind of residential area. Then I pull down this street and then it kind of turns commercial. And there was six heating and air companies back to back to back to back. All about the same size, different, you know, obviously different companies. And I guess that's just not really, I mean, what, what do you think about that? I mean, I guess it's not a problem. I mean, it's obviously not a problem, but. Yeah, there's, that's what I tell everybody. There's enough business to go around. I mean, I give every day, I give probably two different people that call me different contractors' numbers because one of them might do specializing gas lines. The other one might do new construction. We might do change right. out. So, you know, I'm passing people's number around every day that are contractors in the same town as I am. So, that's I mean, cool. well, yeah. and that's, that's something that we we bring up things like this on the show a lot. As you said, there's enough to go around, but, you know, our industry is really big, but really small at the same time. And the last several months, I've really been working hard to kind of even start looking at my own outlook as a distribution sales guy a little bit different because I can still be friends with other sales guys in the market. We don't have yeah. to run up on top of each other. There may be times when your buddy's got what your customer needs but because you have a relationship, he'll help him out instead of trying to stab you in the back. Exactly. It's just it's just doing things different. Um, we've yeah, seen I mean, it's a, that. it's a small sandbox for sure that we're all playing in. I mean, in a certain town, right, we're all going to cross paths doing that. So it, at the end of the day, there's plenty of homeowners to go around. I'll, I'll always say there'll never be enough heating and air guys for residential. There's just no way. Yeah. But... All right, so before we get too deep that's it. into that's it. conversation and beer sweating. beers, what what are you drinking on? Well, tell us about what you started with and now what you're drinking. 
Well, funny story. Um, about lunchtime today, the ABC store calls me and said, hey, man, our air conditioner's not working. I'm like, sounds good. I actually need to go there anyways. So uh, every year I have to go out there and clean their drain line out. And Anyways, went out there, cleaned the drain, and shopped for about 20 minutes and found some uh, wild turkey tree shaker. It's a bourbon. I Tried it out. Shaker. Pretty good. Wild um, turkey, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm not really a wild turkey guy. I didn't even know it was wild turkey till I got it back about 25 minutes ago and started drinking it. Oh. Um, I just saw the tree shaker on there. And uh, so wild turkey is not big on the bottle, like the name. No, it's actually really small at the top. Try to hide that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like 50, probably 45 bucks or something. Uh, so it wasn't like, you know, right. it was on the top shelf. So I was trying to, you know, treat myself, but um, it's not that bad. Pretty good. Okay. The first, I was going to say, the first whiskey I ever drank was Cajun Joe's Wild Turkey. I mean, wasn't that everybody's Oof. first? Like, I feel like Oof. Wild Turkey was everybody's first drink. <laughs> Our first uh, really bad night. I don't know. More like fireball. I thought that was maybe that's just people my age. I know you guys are about more about thirty five years older than me. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You Ouch. you came in. Yeah, you came in when <laughs> fireball was strong, son. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, there. I don't know. It's still if I'm at certain bars and it gets to a certain time of night, fireball makes another makes a. It'll break. make a comeback. It will make an appearance. <laughs> You'll yeah. see these rather, trays go across. Them. It's like, well, I'd we rather go. that make an appearance than Jaeger. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. That. So Jaeger was, yeah, I mean, I'm 41. Ja- Jaeger was a, a big one when I was in my 21s, you know, going around. But I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. A really, really cold fireball is not horrible. I don't mind it. No, no it's not. Yeah, I can't drink it cold. I got to drink it hot. Really? Yeah. I, because huh. it's like syrup when it's cold. I can't it is. cinnamon well, hot yeah. toddy. It is like syrup. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's bad memories. I try not to drink a lot of that. All right. So what do you, are you what, what kind have of you beer? moved on to? Yep. So um, I've got two more OMB copper. They're out of Charlotte. It's pretty good nice. beer. It's like a kind of amber beer. It's good though. Pretty copper. Light. Yeah. That's their staple there. Yeah. That's their. That and the bottles, the bottles have an awesome top that I had not yeah. seen before until Monday. Learning something new. It's got like a. Have you seen them, Dennis? Yep. They got oh, a little yeah. cap on. They like rip it off. It's, I don't know. Kind of cool though. Yeah, that's Makes a nice little brewery anyway. there in Charlotte. They got a lot going on. Yeah. I don't so go to I am actually. Uh, I'm going a little heavy tonight on the beer. Not gonna lie. This is a, because of my, I did some training in Charleston last week. Kind of enjoyed that. I do like me some Charleston. So I grabbed me some Fatty's Lazy Hazy IPA. And I've seen it before. And I'm a, you know, if I'm going to drink an IPA, the, the juicy, I guess, the fruity IPAs seem to work. But I get it to the house and open it up and start drinking it. And I get halfway through it and I'm like, oh, okay. I've turned the can around and these are eight, these are eight percent. Nice. So get you where you want to be quick. I mean, it don't <laughs> it don't take long. How is the IBU scale? Uh I was looking for that. See if it's on here. It's it's hoppy, man. It's 
an eight percent hazy is almost at the the, the peak there of what I want to drink. But um, I may uh, I may chase this with a Modelo. I can't drink these on this show the whole night. There's no way. Start slurring by the end we'll, of it. We'll, we'll, we'll have to get into something not so technical. Something not so technical. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to I didn't bring to my Taylor technical, about some... technical cheat sheet no. today. So okay. I look smart. I'm not going <laughs> to it. Yeah, I'm, go, you can go get Kylie's list. Yeah, right. Yeah, for Kylie that. crushed it. <laughs> what you got? What you got, Ryden? Well, well, nobody's even opened one up yet. So There we oh. go. I can't now leave that, the microphone. That I know, yeah, you're stuck to that. That did not that sounded like a sixteen ounce can. No, it's Natty a Daddy. It's a twelve. Is it so, a Bud Light? Uh, Sorry. No. Hundred <laughs> percent hell no. <laughs> so this is one of uh one of our choice North Carolina breweries. Oh yeah. Uh, I drove past it multiple times last week. Um, I always get to it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take a picture and then it's gone because I wasn't ready for it. Cause it always sneaks yep. up on me no matter what happens. Uh, so I'm drinking a Humminbird Hellas Munich lager from Red Oak brewery right up there in good old North Carolina between Greensboro and Raleigh. Um, yeah, it's in a little dead zone there. Yeah, a little dead zone. But uh, had a conversation actually with somebody from there over the weekend named Jake. So Jake, thanks for reaching out. If you're listening, um, Dennis and I looks like we might uh, we might start having some conversations with Red Oak. So I'm yeah, very we're gonna go. That. We're gonna go chat. R and D is gonna go chat with Red Oak. He wants us to do a tour of the brewery. Which I'm yep. not going to turn down. So nope, absolutely not. I'm just got to figure out when to do it. You had any red oak, Taylor? No, actually. I, well, I say Surely that. Surely you have. Yeah, I'm sure I have because it's on draft in I, North Carolina everywhere. I feel yeah, like I can get a different draft everywhere I go. I try to try everything. So I go in phases where I drink IPAs and I'll drink blondes, then I'll drink lager. I mean, you know, it changes yep. by the week. Right. So. So if you like, if have. you like that copper you'll like you'll like a red oak it's got just a just a touch of coffee i mean i don't like coffee so but it has just that little hint of coffee it's a good it's i mean when i see i live in south carolina currently i'm i'm in the process of moving here in a couple weeks but you cannot get it here so i have got to uh yeah they won't they don't distribute to south carolina so can you get buffalo trace Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, you need to bring me some here because they didn't even behind the counter after I fixed the air conditioner. I'm like, you know, you got some. They're like, I'm sorry. So this is the closest thing we got, and it was some kind of uh, cream that had it in there. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I can't do. It was more milk than anything. I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for. No, (laughs) No. but it's got a buffalo on it. I might could hook you up for coming on the show. I might have to hook you up. Well, you're gonna have to. All right. <laughs> to make a trip. Everybody heard that. Yep. <laughs> you heard it right here first. Yeah, I'll edit mm-hmm. that out. They didn't hear that. Yeah. I figured. <laughs> uh all right. So let's get into what you got going on. I mean, I know you, me and you talked the other day. See, me and Taylor talk all the time, whether it's technical or just company 
you know, what's going on. And me and you were talking about it's, it's slow right now, the weather, but it's a mental game, right? I, yeah. I feel like we need to get into that. I don't have it on the notes, but it was really good. Me and you were talking how when you, when you're at a certain size, you're trying to grow and, it, and it, you hit this weather season we got right now. And you're like, is it me? Am, am I the only one slow? You know, you go to the supply yep. house and you're talking, you, like you guys been slow and everybody's like, no man, we've been killing it. And it's like, we're really? slammed. <laughs> yeah. We're slammed. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> we don't yeah. want you to know we're not. Yeah. yeah I don't know if you exactly. want to touch on that a little bit. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, actually this week we've been, I know the weather this week's like 65 and raining all week. And this is the busiest, busiest week we've had all year. And so my guys are like, what the what? crap, man? Like it's been nice for the past weeks and we hadn't had, you know, we're a couple change outs here and there, but nothing crazy like this time of year usually. Um, so this week we were slammed busy and we got tents out at every job trying to get everything done because next week's going to be 88 degrees and we're going to be busy that week. So, yep. um, hopefully, but, right. yeah, well, I've got stuff lined up for next week. So that's what makes you feel good when you're going in, when you're finishing a week off, knowing you've got change outs for the next week, it makes, uh, the whole weekend a lot less stressful for the, for the owner at least, you know? Oh yeah. Yep. Um, are you done with your, are you done with, uh, you know, like weeks vacation yourself are you ready to hit it or well actually i pretty much a, take you a, got a cruise vacation every weekend no. <laughs> i feel like Don't every we weekend all. yeah Don't i see all. you all over the place you know yeah camping and riding jeeps and stuff yeah so we're uh we just we got out from west virginia i took a vacation last weekend um i'm going on a cruise in a couple weeks and then um i try to take a vacation every month because me and my wife like to travel. We're trying to hit all the national parks. So we right. just finished up another national park um, last weekend. Actually took our father for Father's Day camping. Um, and then we're headed with them on a cruise. But usually we're going out west to national parks. So hopefully going to go to a couple more this year. Just got to see when. Have you, done, um, have you done Death Valley or anything on the oh, yeah. Nevada, California line yet? Yeah, we've done everything in Utah. Um, I've done Nevada, Death Valley. Um, we flew into Vegas, drove to Death Valley in the middle of August in a convertible. I don't know what in God's name we were thinking. <laughs> we did it in it May. So we did it in May. Almost as bad as August. Yeah, so that was, it was fun, but at the same time, you're like chugging water all day long, but it was a good time. Now, what kind of heat are we talking about? It's not humid, right? Well, it wasn't humid, but is it just like radiant heat? One hundred twelve. I know, but it's <laughs> so, just like it's like you're just really close to the sun, right? It's not just yeah. sticky; it's just hot. Yeah, it's not as uncomfortable as it is here with ninety-eight degrees and a hundred percent humidity. Yep, right. In my opinion, but, but you're just like, whoo! <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now we're and, gonna. We're going to steer offline when we say certain things because I just thought of something. Have you ever wrapped an air handler due to it possibly sweating? Have you ever seen that in the manual? I have never seen that. I've seen air handlers sweat a lot in the crawl spaces that don't have good vapor barrier. Right. But, I mean, mm -hmm. that's pretty common around here. Now, I, the reason why I say that, we were I was talking with a guy in, in, um, on the coast in Wilmington and 
it is listed in some small print in the Bosch air handler manual. Um, it, it, it says if you're, if your attic or your unconditioned space is, I don't quote me on this. I think it's 86% humidity, which I thought would be raining in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I was wondering. Just throwing that out there. Um, I have walked up on air handlers that are kind of got the mold spots all over them. You know, airflow is real big on that, but um, yeah. I guess they don't I have that issue. What are you wrapping? That's a whole that different bubble wrap looking stuff, and then put some tape on it and unwrap it when you go to work on it. I guess. There you go. <laughs> they like said they use a they use a type yep. of foam board like a. I'm picturing like, I'm picturing like duck board, I guess type setup. I'll have to get him to send me some pictures. Um, hmm. He's like, do I need to wrap this? I'm like, I, I mean, what's I don't know. What's the humidity in the attic? He's like, well, it can't be 86. It's got to be lower than that. I mean, even Unless if the worst. Both of yeah. them the, has no ridge vents in the side. It's just big holes in the side of the wall. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's just, I've never checked the humidity in the attic. I, I got to mm-hmm. say, I don't think I've ever checked that. But I've never worked well, in that a, environment. That's a question to ask people now. That's another show. How All often right. do you check the humidity in the attic? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm doing an install today. The humidity is, yeah. I mean, Isn't that where you check your wet bulb? Isn't that right? <laughs> oh, right. There it is. Yep. <laughs> wet bulb all right. in the attic. So, yeah. So, you've been, uh, all right. So, you're busy when it's the worst weather. And uh, that's what it is, man. It, we, we say it's seasonal until we get stuff like that. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been a weird year. Yeah. Uh, for us well, so far, I mean, I, I hired, uh, yeah, I hired a couple guys. Well, we're up to five full-time guys, and then myself and um, my dad actually started working for me since he retired. Uh, he's doing the permitting and all the stuff that I got tired of doing, so he kind of there enjoys it. Um, but I hired the guys at the end of last year, knowing it was going to be slammed busy in April. It's like, yeah, in April, man, it's. I keep telling the new guy, I'm like, man, it's crazy. When it gets April, it just, you know, falls to the wall <laughs> until the end of it. April comes. Yeah. April comes. Man, when it gets July, me. man, it's going to be <laughs> yeah. killing yeah. it. It's <laughs> like, man, first 90 degree day. And we're still waiting on the 90 degree day. So I didn't, I didn't <laughs> fib on that one, but. Waiting right. on the third one. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been <laughs> kind of weird. the first but, day of summer. I mean, yeah. you know. Huh? Today is? Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't know. Yeah, it's 68 degrees in Fort Mill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pouring down rain. Yeah, it's just pouring down. I don't miss that, man. I I mean, work. there's only so much you can do HVAC in the rain, like pouring mm, rain. No joke. And you, yeah, can't get your, a... you can't get your mind right. Your, your, your maintenance guys or your service techs, I, there's nothing worse than all the tools that I'm like super proud of the next day they're all rusted like mm-hmm. i hate that god i hate that god. like all Dude. my channel locks all my <laughs> like I, I passed uh i passed roger um this morning on the bridge off of uh, george lyle's and he was getting on the highway with equipment in the back trailer of his truck and it was this dump in the rain i was like oh your day's gonna suck man i'm sorry hmm. not a fun time yeah, I mean, I've done plenty of installs in the in the pouring rain. You just set your 
set your little tent up. What are you keeping in your, what kind of tents do y'all keep for your change outs? Do not buy, and I cannot re- freaking emphasize this enough, Harbor Freight tents. They are <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Guys, so my dad owned Ace Hardware, um, which is right behind my office for 40 some years. My grandpa started it a long time ago. Um, right. So I would go up there and buy everything. Well, they ran out of them and it was pouring down rain. I said, well, just go to Harbor Freight and get a couple of them. First day, both of them broke. And yeah, I had get a half dozen of them. Years. <laughs> three years I had the other one. And first day, both of them broke. I'm like, boys, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're just going to have to. Academy and it up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say the Easy Up brand, like the OG Easy Up, yep. it was hard to beat that. I'm not sure um, what brand they actually are. But now there's obviously, there's brands out now that, that, that are just fine, right? I bought one from Cabela's. Um, anything from places like that, you should be okay. But yeah, I, I had a, I had like a, I don't know where it came from, but I had like an eight by eight, which is a small one. You know, it's kind of small. That's small enough yeah, small. Yeah. for, for doing installs. I mean, yeah, you got it. You can't, you got to get your mind right, man. And do an install on a day like today. It's, it's tough. You know, it makes it tough to keep moving. On those days, yeah. you just like, oh no, I don't want to do anything. Every time you got to go to the truck, it's like, mm, here we go again. Mm, mm. You know, <laughs> yep. That was, I cannot. I've All right, so like take a, us. I was gonna say we got to we got to hear your your kind of your intro. I don't think I've actually ever heard this story. Surprisingly. I got to hear a little bit. I'm excited to hear the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, how the did you even to, get into HVAC? Yeah, your path to HVAC. Yeah. So I'll start when I was. Well, in the HVAC, I'll back up a little bit from there. When I got out of the high school, I'd worked for my dad for pretty much all of my life. So you imagine how that goes. I'm sure you guys actually probably know that. I know exactly (laughs) how you feel. Yeah, I actually do too. Yep. (laughs) Me and my dad, they get along really good, but it's just, you know, at that point in time, I was 18 years old. I got my, for my 14th birthday, for my birthday present i got a worker's permit so i could go work for him legally um so that was a great time um, i know that feeling too yeah so i worked for him and i was like man i am not doing this whole retail business i cannot there's no way i can do this i hate it um so i was like you know what would be a good idea i'm gonna join the army and uh so me and my buddy which we were both a little crazy but um He's like, yeah, well, that, you'll know that the buddy system. We can go in on the buddy system. I'm like, well, that'll be cool. So <laughs> sure as crap, we signed up and got shipped off, um, went to the Army. Um, then after the Army, I was like, all right, well, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I'll just go to college since it's free, you know, whatever. Right. And so my um, family member had actually, he was like, you can come work for me. I do HVAC, you know. I said, well, I don't know anything about it, but. It's better than going back to the hardware store, so it worked for me. And <laughs> yeah. I started, I was like, anything but there, you know. Um, so there was a pretty rough crowd that I was working around, but it was kind of fun. And uh, he had done it for 30, 30 some years. Now, how, how old were you when you jumped into that? 21, 21. Ooh, okay. So 
Yeah, I was yeah, around about 21. So I worked for that guy for a couple months and, you know, I was like, I kind of like this. You know, you're out. It's way better than the Army. My God, it couldn't be worse than <laughs> sticking out in the rain for a month. <laughs> right. You know, I was like, the guys were complaining. At that time, they had been there and knew the whole backstory. I didn't, but I'm like, guys, y'all got it made, man. You can take a shower at night. I went freaking three and a half weeks <laughs> without taking a shower. I'm like, this is awesome. I get to go home every day. Um, and so I started working for him and I didn't know anything. So I just figured he knew what he was doing. And so I was just following his, you know, footsteps. Oh yeah. Yep. And a couple months into it, I was watching videos and all kind of different stuff on how to do stuff in the HVAC world correctly. And I went to him like, Hey man, you know, this ain't really, you know, yeah, how you're supposed to do up, it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, this ain't really how you're supposed to do it. And he was like, well, I've done it for 30 years this way and I'm not going to change now. I'm like, all right. Well, <laughs> um, so anyways, I ended up getting my license a little less than two years um, from when I started because I worked so many hours and um, ended up going to get my HVAC license uh, for my H3s and at 22. And so nice. I was like, I've got to get out of here. This is awful. Like the dude was, he would tell you one thing, do the opposite. So it wasn't clicking very well. Um, so anyways, I left and went and worked for another company. And whenever I put my resume out, everybody was calling me because I was 22 years old with a contractor's license. And oh yeah, people were, you know, if I send it off, it was, they were calling back and I was doing interviews. And so end up picking a dude in um, Gastonia which is about 30 minutes from where I'm at now. And I was just so busy. People calling me, want me to do, you know, not side work, but pretty much side work for them. Yeah. I mean, that's, I was working two jobs. I feel like that's a bad Mm -hmm. name for that in this industry, right? Like it's just somebody knows somebody that they need something done. And I mean, it's just, they want to use someone they trust as opposed to call someone they don't. Yep. Yeah, it's not a lot of times thing. it's not just price, right? It's just like, man, I'd like to get Taylor over here to do what I need done. And yep. yeah. Taylor works for a company and Well, you know. the what I did whenever I talked when I interviewed with the guy, he was a great guy. Um, he said, Where do you see yourself in two years in the interview? I said, I own my own company. And he said, Okay. And then six months into it, I started my own company and I went to talk to him that day. I'm like, Hey man, you you cool for a minute? So me and him started talking and I said, you know, I told him before that I was going to do side stuff and ask him if he was okay with that. And he said, yeah, as long as it don't interfere with our company. And I said, yeah, no problem. Um, and so I was doing stuff 30, 45 minutes away from his clientele. So it didn't really conflict. It was just yeah. after work. I was just so tired of working until midnight putting in systems that right. it wasn't going to happen. Um, and then, so I was like, well, I guess I'm starting my own thing. So I quit there and got a, bought a truck and, you know, just put my name on the side of it, started a Facebook page. And from there I hired a, what I thought was a helper, but it was more like I was babysitting. Um, <laughs> well, same thing. Yeah. Same yeah. Thing. yeah. yeah. He, he was a good, he was hilarious. Funniest dude you ever met in your life. But man, when you ask him to do something, he look at you like, you really want me to do that? I'm like, yeah, yeah I need you to crawl under the house and pull the line set out. It's like, that's part of the job. But the dude was hilarious. Um, <laughs> So, and I kind of felt, yeah, a little bad for him. But anyways, 
Um, so then once I got rid of him, I hired a guy, <laughs> two guys, um, and they're actually still with me. And one of them, when as soon as I fired, crap. That, anyways, I, I fired we, we that dude. That. We yeah. know the audio guy. <laughs> yeah. So when I fired him, he said, you can't replace me. I said, all right. I picked up the phone. I called the guy that had an application. I said, hey, man, you busy? He said, no. Nah. I said, well, meet me at the shop. I'll be here in 30 minutes. That dude jumped out. The other dude jumped in. He headed back to the job with me. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, uh, and ever since then, it's been great. Um, but yeah, we, we've been doing pretty good. And that was when I was 22. Um, so we've been in business a little over three years now. Okay. Um, God, it seems so, like a lot longer than that. Yeah. Why, why does it? Yeah. I mean, pandemic, man. I feel like me and you have been taking eight, tech support eight. calls for, for, you know, 10 years. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's only been, like I said, I think it was May was actually when I first posted on Facebook, like May of 2020, um, okay. that I had just quit my job because it posted the picture the other day of the, the shirts that I got. And, uh, I bought a truck, which now is probably worth four times what I bought it for. Um, but, a <laughs> a 1500, uh, four door truck with a, a cab on the back, the dude only wanted $15,000 for it. And it had like 40,000 miles. Um, so I bought that, put my letters on it. And then from there, just kind of figuring it out as I go, you know, um, figuring out what works, what don't work. Um, and we figured out that we're definitely never doing new construction. So we don't even quote that to anybody. And it's definitely not as consistent, but the reward is better at the end of the day because you're not wearing your guys out for you know, hardly any money. Now, have you had any, I was going to say, have you had any builders approach you that are like, you know, cause I'm going to, I'm going to be building a house up there and I'm looking for a guy that builds, I don't know, five or six a year, maybe five or well, actually maybe less than that. Have you had any builders approach you? You know, some guys go, yeah, we do new construction, but we only do custom, you know, I mean, would you do new construction if a guy was just like, yeah, I mean, just charge me what you charge as long as you do a good job. I mean, I guess... See, we're really just... I teach my guys... I mean, I know it's the same thing, essentially, but personally, I like to go out to a job, look at the job, give the quote. We know what's there. Uh, we know what needs right. to be done. It's not like they're adding a porch on in the middle of our install and they want to move it over from here to here to yep. where they're oh, putting yeah. the... You know, no, it know takes more at. manpower to, you know, to handle it, obviously. Yeah. And I've had actually a couple of contractors come to me from the local area. They're like, hey, dude, we just need somebody that's good and reliable. You know, we're doing custom houses, like you said, and we just need somebody. I'm like, well, still not really interested in it because I'm losing money by, in my perspective, I, I think I'm losing money by spending four times as much time, you know, going out there so many trips, sending my guys out there, say if they by chance forgot to fire caulk, um, you know, a line, not a line set, but a um, thermostat wire. They failed. Yep. We got to go back out there. Then we got to reinspect again. It's like. Right. It's and just, then who do you send, right? Yeah. You you don't yeah. really have in your position and same with us. When I was in the field, we didn't have like a flunky. Yeah. Um, the guy we were sending out there was a, you know, made pretty good money. So yeah. he's going out there just kind of piddling around and 
yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's like you gotta you either gotta commit and have a division for that, or you just don't do it. Yeah, and we just chose. I, that was my get go. Like, I will never do a new construction house. And for three years, the only new construction house I done was the one that I built for myself as a duplex, and that was it. So, right, uh, it's super cutthroat around here too, because there's so many. You know, contractors that are actually. Oh, it ain't just around here. Right? No, it's it's cut through everywhere. New construction is is an interesting market, and I will tell you, I'm seeing and hearing more and more of the large builders are now starting to try to even purchase all the materials direct to give <laughs> their contractor to try to only make them charge them so much. And they, if they start doing that stuff, they're gonna lose every sub they got. I mean, we yep. got to, at have. some it's point, they don't want to pay it's weird. people it feels for like we, Yeah, we got to, it's, it's like we got to stand up. It's like, dude, you, we. It's like there's a line in the sand at some point. Yeah. It's gotta and be. that goes for the plumber, the electrician, like Absolutely. all the trade contractors out there. Um, yeah, there's a lot that goes into getting a license to do this. There's. Lots of overhead that people don't even know about. Yeah, there's tons of overhead to have a guy come out to put... I mean, in Atlanta, we were making... Of course, this was, you know, 10 years ago, but we were making... Profit was like 1200 bucks a house for two-system house. Yeah, it's not enough. And we were, we were putting in everything. Like, we were running everything. Now, Taylor, do you guys still do, like, full duct system change-outs, too, or are you just primarily equipment only we will um not something i like to do but <laughs> we will <laughs> you know i'd say one in every 20 we do is a duct change out um but it's I well say offering rare. it and not what well, you know i mean yeah if it needs offered you offer it right well yeah i mean i'm at not least, gonna at least return sell size, that job. kind of stuff yeah and now if somebody goes out and they're they ha you know People put a 12-inch piece of flex on a four-ton unit. It's like, dude, I'm not putting a change out in this because I'm going to have issues. You know, the static pressure is going to be seven on the return. You know, it's like I'm not putting a new unit in and having to deal right. with that and my problem. So at that point, then I would, you know, price out, you know, adding return here, doing whatever we need to do to make it correct. Yeah. But now we'll um, say like. You, you, you two know how much I train, right? I train a lot all over two different states. Yep. That is becoming more popular, and I'm glad that I hear that. You know, four years ago when I was training, you know, there'd be 30, it'd be four or five different companies in a room, and you didn't hear that too much. But now it's like, look, I can't put this on there. I'm going to have a ton of callbacks on this and I won't be able to charge you because I just put it in. Yep. So, yeah, we got to, you know, more and more contract, which will help everybody. That yeah. way, when you give it, when you give a price on a half a duck system or, or a whole duck system, the other guys doing the same in front of you or behind you at least. And it's not just you offering a duck system and the other two guys are like, no, nah, you don't need that. You're good. We'll just throw a system in there, you know. You'd be surprised. It needs to be everybody. Like, <laughs> it's the last two weeks since every, everybody was just so slow. I've went to multiple units from different companies around the Charlotte area that were actually 
unplugging stuff and, you know, oh, it's going <laughs> to, for instance, last week I had a lady call me in Charlotte. I don't do work in Charlotte. She called me, said, hey, um, so-and-so gave me your number. I'll pay you whatever you want to come out here and look at it because I know I, I can trust you to tell me what's wrong. And so talked to her on the phone. I said, well, how old is the unit? Eight years old. I said, is it, you st- is it registered? Do you have the warranty? Oh, yeah, I got the warranty stuff. I said, so what did they say? It's going to be $7,000. I needed all these different things. I said, ma'am, you know, it's still under warranty. They're charging you $7,000 labor to change a warranty <laughs> fan motor and oh, yeah. a coil out. And so we went out there. They unplugged the contactor, the capacitor, um, and it was just sitting there. They left the low voltage on the contactor. So the only thing she could hear was it going Bang, because it was pulled in the contactor. Oh, yeah. Um, we the plugged it back buzzing. in. Yeah, the only thing that was wrong with it was the capacitor was bad. They pulled the the little tip that sticks off the top of the capacitor, pulled it off, and it's like that was the only thing that was wrong with it. And it was under warranty. It's like what in the world, people? Yeah, and see but, that'll never go away, man. I don't think yeah. that'll ever go away. Yeah, it's. That, I think that's, that's a, why we've done good is because I'm not. You might not want to hear what I'm going to tell you, but it's going to be the truth, and it's going to be. You know, I'm not going to feed you a line of bullshit. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with it. And if you don't want to listen to me, that's fine. But when you call me at midnight on a Saturday, I'm going to tell you that, you know, you're going to wait till Monday because you didn't listen the first time. <laughs> yep. You know? And I think homeowners can sense that, right? I think, yeah. well, and, and Ryden can can speak on this, right, with sales. Mm-hmm. And we had we have guys like my buddy Zach on here that sells in home. And if you, in your mind, right, I mean, if you truly believe something, you're like, hey, this is what it is. They can see that. They can sense that. And homeowners can see some bullshit, too, if it's piling up. Yeah, they can. And that's when they start making multiple calls, right? And I I truly believe you go out there and you treat a homeowner properly and be honest with them, you've got them, right? You can it's going to add more business. You know, they're going to tell their friends that's that kind of advertising stuff will never go away. That, that'll always be there. But I try to think of it as my grandma, somebody's coming to my grandma's house and how would I want them to treat her? She has, no right. I mean, you can <laughs> yeah. make up whatever right. in God's name and they're going to say, okay, well, when can you fix it? How much is it going to cost? That's the two questions they ask, or when can you put a new one in? And it's like, you know, people are just going out there and telling homeowners a whole bunch of bs just to make some money because they're getting paid commission which whether or not you know that's right or wrong whatever but it's, it's kind of a kind no, of no there's a there's a that. sketchy line there mm-hmm. and everybody yeah. knows you know there's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about that how to improve your profitability how to improve it on the maintenance season we've talked about it on this show Yep. There's a lot of stuff people don't want to talk about. It does. It's a sketchy line there, man. It really mm-hmm. is. I've been stuck in the middle of it before where I was, you know, one of 40 techs and it's a, it's a tough mental game to get pushed on you. It really is. I mean, if that's your bread and butter, it's tough. And so that kind of segues us into how has it been talking to homeowners about sear two or new equipment have you had them ask you stuff you didn't think they would know how's that Um, been going because i know you do a lot of the quotes 
Yeah, um, 90% of homeowners have no clue what SEER rating is or SEER 2. So right. um, when they Still. call me out, yeah, I, I explain it to them like, hey, I had bought some um, rud equipment at the end of last year for one, a tax break, two, to help customers out this year so they didn't have to, the price increase stuff that was going on. Right. So I was pricing 14 SEER and then 14.3 SEER 2. And I've had people, you know, what's the difference? Well, you know, I got to explain how they test it and all that. And um, most homeowners that I deal with, like, what do you, would you, they ask me, what would I put in my house? And I give them, you know, this is variable speed. This is what that means. And this is two stage. This is what this means. And you can, you know, do you want to spend that much money? This is more comfort here. This is less comfort. This is going to make your lights dim every time it cuts on, you know, <laughs> yep. that kind of thing. Yeah. Still, right? Yeah. yeah. A 14 yeah. series will still do that, obviously. Yep. yep. So, I mean, most of the customers that we're putting in for are doing two-stage or variable speed. Um, if, you know, if somebody calls with a single wide, I'm not even going to mention a variable speed because I'm not going <laughs> to, they're never going to benefit <laughs> from that, first of all. And two, I don't want to go back out there and have to work on that. Because the neighbor's probably going to steal it and put it at his house, and then you know, it's going to get real awkward. <laughs> so, I mean, do you um, do you have more do you have more homeowners hitting you with with noise or comfort or instead yeah. of? I mean, I know it depends on the the call and the area, right? I mean, yeah. downtown Charlotte's not the same as you know Valdez and and more where I were going, where I'm moving kind of where you're at obviously but you still have those pockets so if you go to a you know if you go to a nicer neighborhood i mean are you maybe a younger homeowner are they asking you about comfort humidity any of that usually no um they they call me because it's hot and i come out there and it's second pressure is bad whatever Right. That's whenever I break into the, the conversation. What I usually price is like a uh, like a base model uh, 14 here, then a two stage, then a variable speed. I say not a good, better, best because you know quality wise, I feel like you know they're pretty much the same. Whether it be a, a 14 it's a solid or piece of gear, it's just different technology. Yeah. That's a good point. Exactly. Yeah, good, better, best so, can be a little yeah misleading there. So I'd break it down into you know this thing's stupid quiet you can't even hear it run um and this is what my customers feedback from this unit were this unit here you're going to save eight hundred dollars on and it's going to be a step up from what you had but it's not going to be as quiet as this system would be um and i give right. them i actually call my customers a couple months later asking about their power bills how they liked it any complaints they've had and i've got you know like a list of that so i can refer to a customer if they're like, well, I'm not sure about that unit. I'm like, well, I've got five people you can call here. You know, if you want well, to hear their feedback. That's a good that point. I was going to say that, that right there, the amount of guys that actually do that. And now there comes a point when, if your company gets to a size, you're not going to be able to personally be the guy that makes that phone call. Yeah. But making that phone call personally. Sure. Chirp can do that yeah, for you. Chirp can do that for you. Yes, it can. Slide that one in there. Boom. You know what else is good? I'll tell you what's good. Homebird oh. Hell is from Red Oaks. 
freaking great. <laughs> Y'all gonna have to give me a brief intermission. I gotta walk to the to the beer cooler, and it's gonna take about twenty seconds. All right, elevator music uh, coming in right now. There you go. This episode is brought to you by Red Oak, <laughs> fueled by future new sponsor. Wouldn't that they be have great? to sponsor us now? Ah, come on, Jake. Let's work some magic, buddy. I'm excited about the tour, man. I know. I'm pumped. I'm you know so how many curious. times I've driven by that? <laughs> I know. Great. Trust me. And I'm going to be driving by it a hell of a lot more uh, coming up than I was before. So me and Ryden have to pick a Friday at 4.30 to go here. That's... Uh, Who's that's picking you up? Though. That's what I want to know. I yeah, know, right? I mean, a brew, can a brew we bring, Can we bring a designated drunk driver? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that'll get you in trouble. No joke. <laughs> well, I wasn't able to pop it very well because it was kind of a, a rip off. It's a peel tab, off. You know? it's a, yeah, peel off. So, so now so. that I think about it, I have not seen these bottle tops y'all are talking about. Well, yeah, I just tore off my last one. It's pretty cool. It the, looks like a looks like a like a regular tab on the side, but you you put your finger in it and kind of peel it backwards, like you were like if you had a bottle opener in your hand. And it just rips the center out of it, and then you pull off the sides. Ah, uh, you're gonna weird. God, send me a picture of that. Yeah. I wonder when the uh, have y'all seen the the draft plastic cups that fill up from the bottom? I wonder if they're gonna make a comeback. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Where they set them down on. Oh, on like, the bar, like, like an actual reverse, bar. like reverse emotion. Yes. Is that what it is? Like it, reverse no, it, emotion? It, pull, it pours from the bottom. Oh, no, I know what you're talking about. The plastic cup has like a uh, like a one-way valve in the bottom. It looks like a clear plastic cup you just get a draft beer in. But when they set it down on this little device, it just the beer fills up from the bottom. But, but I saw it like 20 years ago. I saw ago. TikTok or something. Yeah, I saw it 20 years ago at a Hooters and it going when I went to the Masters and we were in a big, you know, Hooters tent they had set up in the parking lot and I'm like, "Would you look at this? It's pouring from the bottom." <laughs> so it had like no problems, you know, foaming up or anything. It just filled up. And I mean, they, these were throwaway cups. So I don't know. I guess it didn't hmm. take off. Probably too expensive. Everybody's like, I'll just pay half the price and drink yep. my beer like a man. Yeah, that, that can, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's messed up, man. <laughs> oh. All right, so Ryden's got, you know, Ryden's a sales guy over here. I'm kind of a sales guy, too. Now, Don't you somewhere. hate those? Don't you hate sales guys? <laughs> I think Ryden's got like 50 questions for you on that. We're not yeah. even there. Well, see, uh, we're not there. Okay, yeah, we're not there yet. Well, no. Let me. So let's. So, so we went through. We talked about homeowner headaches with changes yep. of sear two and refrigerants. Um, you know, we you kind of also that segues into changing types of equipment. Um, and I know as we go up in sear, you're continuing to see more and more companies turn to multi stage and variable speed compressors. So. You know, three or four years ago when you got into this, you know, I'm assuming most of what you were you were even working on was base level single stage, you know, slamming that stuff in as quick as you could get it. 
And, you know, now you're saying when you go to a homeowner, you're talking about two stage, you're talking about variable speed. So in the last couple of years, the changes in equipment, and especially with the CR2 changes, how has that affected you? And what are your thoughts on kind of where the industry is going with with that technology? I know um, you happen to install the two brands that Dennis and I have been the closest to um, him a little bit closer to one more than me so far, but I'm getting there. Um, but you know, how, how have those changes affected, you know, your thoughts on where the market's going and how you want to focus training your guys for what's even coming. And I know that kind of training things a further question, but you know, where's your head at on moving into more two stage, multi-stage and variable speed product now. So even when I first started, um, I was still selling a bunch of the Ream 16 Sears. Okay. two-stage at that point. Gotcha. Uh, so we're really familiar with the two-stage already because I think we probably sold the most at the Hickory Branch out of any contract. Well, I was told that um, in 2022. Um, so we were pretty already on, you know, set for the two-stage stuff. So all my guys, you know, knows how it is, knows how to um, Which is now it. the base, yeah. right? Which is Which now, is the, now base. the base yeah. for the Reamer product, correct? Yeah, and so they're already used to that. I did not even offer variable speed stuff until um, the last year because I was not the greatest fan of the communicating systems that Rudd offered, um, and I'm selling predominantly Rude systems. Rudd, Rude, whatever you want to call it. It's rude um, to say Rudd. That's right. Rude to say <laughs> Rudd, so we'll say both. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean... We were used to the two-state stuff. Um, Dennis introduced me to some of the variable speed, uh, the non-communicating stuff. I wasn't a big fan of like the Greeflex because it was one weighed like a freaking ton to get that thing in an attic. Um, so yeah, a little cumbersome. Like, oh man, I mean, a little cumbersome Hefty. on there. Yeah, Hefty. yes. She ain't going nowhere when she's there. That's for sure. Yeah. But no. uh, that was out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Recently, uh, in the last, I don't know, what, how long have I been buying Bosch stuff? Eight Probably. months, something like that. Yep. I mean, we've we've put a lot of those in. Uh, I trained Dennis and uh, Grayson come to the shop and done some training with us, uh, got us up to speed. I've been, I'm one of those guys that I take the manuals home and read it and then send it home with my guys and say, don't call me with the stupid question. Because if you, I mean, they say no question is stupid, but it's stupid if you didn't read the manual. And you call right. me. That's right. So um, <laughs> they took the manual home. You know, I emailed it to them. They read through it. They're good at installing it. They do clean work. And, you know, it's as long as you're not scared of the stuff in it because it's different. You know, I, I like the 24-volt side of the variable speed systems. So it's not as different on the guys installing it. So right. it doesn't freak them out as much. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, the technology yep. is trapped in that board, right? It's not... Yep. It's not up to you trying to set a stat up, so and to I, speak. I had a contractor today that he's bought three or four systems. He's not put his hands on all of them until he really put his hands on one today. And I got three phone calls within a two-hour period. I've never heard him so excited about a different new piece of equipment than I have since I started selling to him seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, just, we can... I was going to say, we... We try not to we try not to get into brand heavy on here, obviously, yeah. and we can take brand out of it. So, 
I've talked to Taylor before about communicating systems and you can take brand completely out of it. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget when he told me, he said, you know what? I, I, I finally, you know, the salesman said, look, you got to start selling some more high sear or offering it. Okay. So I put it in, it was high sear, you know, full inverter communicating. You had to have, you know, four wire communicating stat and it worked great until it decided to fart one day and I go out there, reset power and nothing's wrong. You know, what do you charge for that? You can't charge anything for that. Like you, you put it in six months ago, there's is nothing wrong, but between communication from the stat to the outdoor board, to the indoor board, I don't care what engineer wants to come on this show. I don't think they probably listen to the show, but they want to come on the show. They still ain't got that figured out, man. They just ain't. No. I took tech support on those. I had those calls with software and I'm on the phone with a guy with two for two hours and we still don't know what's wrong with it. And it ends up being that the stat needed to be an older software or a newer software version. Like I'm not cool with that. <laughs> like we got to get away from that. It's yep. and then you you know you take all that away and what do you have? You got a compressor, a fan, a blower, a coil. Like we haven't reinvented HVAC. We we gotta no. we gotta dial that back a little bit and uh let's let's make it where we can work on it. You know, I do love me some variable speed, right? But yeah, yeah it's I like nineteen eighties cars. They thought they started getting a little technology and they put a bunch of crap on there that wasn't worth shit basically and then yeah they you know it was terrible. worst year of the vehicle ever yeah it's the i 80s. mean look at the camaros oh my god yeah worst worst camaro i hope ever. you guys don't drive the camaros yeah i hope we don't have any iron guys on here yeah. i mean yeah i bought a i bought a an 86 chevrolet work truck one time it had a 305 in it and i didn't think it was going to pull off to get out of the dealership out of the parking lot like what is going on with this thing mm-hmm. so i mean what so your guys i mean i know you're big on training i think i'm seeing more and more of that nowadays with what's coming down the line and you about have to right yeah. even if it's simple you got to get your guys in there um and i feel like on the install side not what i've done is in our software that we use for dispatching um so I've got a lead guy and pretty much all my guys, if I send them out there to do it, they could do it by themselves, but I still got a lead guy, um, you know, that oversees that. Um, but having checklist that they have to, you know, I remember it because I'm the one that's got my name on it, but right, it's not their name on it. So I just want to, they do great work, but I have checklists like, you know, you know, whatever is the, um, Vacuum down to 400 microns. Is the condenser pad level? Is the surge protector on? Did you explain to the customer how to use the thermostat? Like all kinds of checklists that's helped me out as far as install wise and helped them out that they sign off at the bottom what they've done, how much they had to add, um, refrigerant, how long the line set is, subcooling, um, all those things that they download onto a file on every job. So. That way they don't forget something because it's easy to forget something when it's pouring down rain and 
not a great day and you got three tents out there, you know? Now I have um, to ask, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no. part of your, your checklist system and everything else is a lot of that attention to detail. Did some of that come from having been in the military before you came out and you wanted, you know, it's a way of regimenting stuff you know, over a period of time to kind of say, guys, this is how it needs to be done. This is what we should do. Or did that come from your experience in working for other contractors? Maybe it's something they did or kind of where did that, that come from? Cause I a hundred percent agree with it. One of the things that I worked for years and years and years was trying to get guys to do job sites, startup sheets. Um, you know, you always, I'm sure you heard it from your other sales guys and everyone else with your JSIS or your job site information sheets if you had warranty issues, but not as many companies years ago would actually do a true startup checklist. More do it now, but you know, how did you decide that was how you wanted to go aside from keeping your guys in line? Yeah, um, probably military had a lot to do with that, um, but my dad said <laughs> yeah. he's very organized as well, so, and my grandpa. Uh, so my grand, it's a long line of different entrepreneurs for different things. Uh, but I think the neat and cleanliness come from the military because I'm very OCD and my wife wants to kill me most of the time because like I show up at the house and there's one piece of dirt and I'm freaking sweeping the whole house. Um, but I like to have everything professional. My customers are paying for professionals and I come out, not some right. jack leg that's got three teeth. That's right. Uh, that knows how to throw an air hanger underneath the house and, you know, throw some mastic on it, cover up the hole. You know, it's like they're paying quality. They're paying good money. Well, they're paying a lot of guys money for this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I want them to know that they got the best experience from start to finish uh, from the time they call me and I'm talking to them to the guy that maybe I just hired six months ago leaves. They don't know if he's been there for six years or if he just started yesterday because the way they – handle right. yourself and you know yep. they're wearing a uniform we all wear uniforms my trucks are clean uh because one i'm ocd and two i want <laughs> the customer to know that we're a professional business we take it serious and we want to make sure we're taking care of them um, and they feel comfortable letting us do that well and i i don't know how many times i've said that on this show about don't be the guy that pulls up and opens your door and the homeowner's looking I mean, they're looking oh, and yeah. three Mountain Dew bottles fall out and you get out and you got to try to tuck your shirt in and you, you know, you know, drag your ass up to the door and then you're mad that the guy in front of you got the job, but he was seven grand higher. Yeah. And you're like, well, how did he get the job? Well, y you know, yep. There's a whole lot more behind that. <laughs> you yeah. know, when we, when we walked up to a house you know, when I had the only wrapped vehicle in Atlanta and the lady's like, oh, I see you all over town. And we looked big when we showed up, you know, just like you, you know, when Taylor shows up in his trucks, he looks big. You know, you could pop, you could, you, Taylor's, I've seen Taylor's trucks and the, and the way, you know, carries himself, show up in a town like Charlotte, you could charge and be right there with everybody else and yep. behind him and the homeowner still feels comfortable. Like you got to look professional. I mean, look the nail on the head there. Yeah. And yeah, they are paying a ton of money for this. I say this in training all the time. I'm like, guys, you know, take a little pride, 
change the line set insulation for crying out loud, you know, yeah, or change use some new duct tape yeah. <laughs> or, well, you know, I, I don't want to go yeah. too far, but yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, take a little You wouldn't be surprised, but it's like, you're not, and I tell customers this all the time, like, look, you know, if you don't pick me, that's fine. I understand, because usually people that call just wanting quotes are going to pick the cheapest person, just because that's what their their intent is to get the cheapest thing. And, you know, once you kind of explain it to them, it's like, look, you know, we're all buying the same equipment, pretty pretty much the same price. If you got this dude that's $4,000 cheaper, some corners are being cut there. There's no, you know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So you might just, you know, whoever you get the best feel right. with, you know, you need to go with, whether it be me or another company. And, um, you know, 80% of the time they choose me, but if they're one of the cheapest guy, they're going to choose my neighbor. So, um, you know, it is, mm-hmm. it's just part of the, part of the game, I guess. But um, you get what you pay for a lot of times, not always, but in our sense, now, you- we make do you do a yard sign? Is that a thing anymore? Yeah, yeah we actually get a lot of calls off yard signs because. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> I was gonna say I always thought that was a good idea, man. The old yard yeah. sign. Yep, we're I'm like, laughing we see because your signs the, around everywhere. I know I'm laughing because of the yard sign story from Monday. Does Dennis know this story? Which one? Yeah, apparently not. The one where you put the yard sign through your the neighbor's pipe. <laughs> oh. No. Yeah, oh. well, oh, did you puncture that with a <laughs> yard sign? You're talking oh, about yeah. the one where I took out the, the gas line, my duplex. Yeah, talking about the gas line that was yeah. three inches buried, three inches underground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a good time. I t- I was telling you about the guy too that I had oh, built I a duplex, and yep. yeah, that was a. That was, but yeah, the yard signs actually work. I mean, and you get co-op on them, so I buy. Every yard that we put in, that's part of the checklist is a uh, yard sign, unless it's, you know, somewhere that I don't want their neighbors calling me, you know, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Put <laughs> your uh, competitor's yard sign up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. I'm going to um, ask you if there's something on that checklist. So I know you come up with it is remove that? the cardboard from the condensate pump on there. Yeah, well, no, it isn't, but I've stopped buying those condensate pumps. <laughs> is it only one brand that puts the cardboard? Is it just Little Giant? Yeah, or? and the white top ones, it's like, oh, man, that's a headache. Not Little Giant. Or is it Little Giant? Uh, yeah. I just want to know. cardboard in? So Diversitech doesn't do the cardboard. I just want to know the brand of condensate pump that's running on that unit up in Valdez. I mean, if right. that thing is still, what brand is that thing? That should be the condensate pump brand you buy for life. I'm going to have to look put it in up. one. Yeah. And it well, runs it's got, it's got like a two horse motor on it. I mean, yeah. Your lights dim when it cuts on too. Yeah. 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 That's it. It's, it's got to have its own 20 amp service. Dedicated yeah, circuit to it. That's right. That's yeah. We were doing a training in Valdez and I kept emptying this like, two quart thing while we were doing training and i finally just went and cut cut the condensate pump off one of the systems down there and i plugged it in and of course all the guts are showing you can see the little fan blade turning the motor cranking and it still works i threw some line on there i had uh this was probably two years ago my uncle he was in the air force old school guy and we changed the unit out for him 
his condensate pump had been through two units and it's still the same one. He said, are you going to change the pump? I said, yeah, I always change the pump. He said, don't. I'm like, don't. Uh, I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, that thing looks like hell. <laughs> like, that thing, he's like, it's been here for 40 years. I'm like, well, Oh no. Okay. It's, yeah. It's a story now. We just got to <laughs> yeah. see how long. Yeah. Well, he sold the house with it. So, I mean, apparently <laughs> she's still kicking, I reckon. Well, I used but, to get calls from homeowners. They're like, you know, I go out back and they're like, yeah, this is the one that's freezing up here. And, and they're like, this is the newer one. This one over here is, you know, ni- literally 1979, <laughs> and this one's an 08. And I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> yep. You know, yeah, this one literally didn't. at this point is never going to leak. It, it's not. It's just not going <laughs> to leak. You know? There's three-inch thick copper on those coils. It's I mean, just it, it different. Never yeah. out. It's different copper, yeah. Nobody said it was efficient. You know, nobody said it does great removing humidity. It's not comfortable. It's but it 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 is not going to leak refrigerant. But it was more comfortable than no AC in nineteen seventy nine, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well then they're like, <laughs> so this right. new one that you're replacing this one with, like, is it gonna leak? Well, you know. <laughs> it's got um, a ten year warranty. <laughs> it's got a ten year warranty. That's all I wanna say. It's I'm not gonna yeah. say it. it's not gonna leak, but um no, I think I mean, copper is one thing, but I think these new aluminum coils coming down the line now, not just, like I said, not brand specific, but I think they're all doing a pretty good job that I know of. Copper, copper coils with other brands are still having some problems, man. Can't well, get most that everybody's right. gone to outside, well, I guess exterior coils, but most everybody's gone aluminum inside and you're seeing more and more flip the micro channel outside again. Which is yeah. interesting because microchannel, when, I mean, it was a thing in like the 80s, kind of like the weird cars, but yeah. microchannel had its run before and now it's circling back through everything. I mean, it does great doing what it needs to do and it holds a lot less refrigerant. Like but, those old uh, trains with two compressors that holds 19 pounds of Freon. Yep. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I've worked on the uh, two... Wasn't it a uh, two-stage train with the two compressors? Oh, what a, there was a whole bunch of shit going didn't on. Didn't the old ream like UASLs? UASLs had dual twin compressors, I think, too, back in the day. Yeah, so that wasn't were, very cost-effective. Yeah, well, I mean, it's. Uh, I've went out to a couple around here, and I know who they are now and i don't send my guys to them because they look at they call them what the crap is this thing it's got two two three phase contactors on it and all, all this other stuff i'm like i forgot i'll be out there in a minute so it's it's too much going on there you know they don't ever right. see that they're like why does this thing got three um you know two contactors on it with three phase looking contactors so like dude just head on to the next one i'll be there <laughs> I'll i know <laughs> yeah the, i'm not even that- spending two hours explaining it that train, I, I don't know what model it was, not to beat train up, but that one train with the, the two stage, I would come up on it in Atlanta a lot. It was a lot of wiring for yeah for what it needed to do, right? It didn't really have a whole lot it needed to do. But by it's God, like, they lasted forever. I mean, I'm still working they, on some of them. Yeah. I mean, when we get a, a Y2 call, can't we just turn this other one on? I mean, that's all we yeah. got to do. Why is there so much going on here? Um. All right, so let's. I know Ryden's got some stuff here. Oh, I do. 
I feel like I'm on, cheating, but I'm going to ask him anyway. Yeah, on the sales side, which it's kind of good knowledge. I mean, you just give us your your straight up, you know, straight up opinion on some of this because we we do have a lot of guys listening to this show that are smaller. Um, well, and we we talk about it. You know, we have a different perspective than most of the other shows that are in our industry. Um, you know, we're looking at it from distribution and now manufacturers rep side. So, you know, we, we're going to ask different questions than contractor to contractor or business owner to business owner in some ways, because yeah. at, at the end of the day, the only way I can be a better salesperson or the only way any other sales rep listening to this show can be a better salesperson is someone's got to ask these kinds of questions. Um, and if you're not willing to ask these same questions to the guys that you're calling on every single day, just like I'm about to ask Taylor, um, you're not doing yourself or your contractors, you know, the proper service. Um, so, you know, I, I grew up in a heating and air business. My dad was a contractor. Um, I was lucky enough that we had a couple of sales guys that were very, very good that, I hope to emulate, you know, over time because of things they taught me. But trust me, we had plenty of them. They were freaking terrible. Um, oh, yeah. And a lot of the times it was because they just, they didn't ask the questions. You didn't feel like they cared about who you were as, as a person, let alone as a customer. So, you know, as we get into a world now that is so fast paced, the things that contractors, I assume, and you know, look for is a little bit different than they did before, but, you know, especially Taylor is a much younger contractor in a lot of cases that's moving into this, you know, what are you looking for in a vendor partner and how do you make those, some of those determinations as you start to grow and as you want to set up your business for different levels of success, you know, what do you look for, you know, initially, you know, are you looking at incentives or are you looking at relationships? Yeah, I would definitely say the support behind, you know, their equipment, whether or not, I mean, they could sell me a, the biggest turd in the world, but if they stand behind it and if I have an issue and they take care of it, that's who I'm calling, you know, and that's who I'm going to push their product because I know when a customer calls me, um, you know, says, hey, man, you just put a new unit in and it's not working, say that we had this a couple of years ago, compressors were bad from the factory and you know they the distributor that i was using sent me a new unit and no questions asked you know we put it in it was a done deal so that makes a big difference to me as a contractor because i don't have to put up with all the bs filling out paperwork and what did they do here and why didn't you did you do this you know they didn't they know i do it right because they know who i am and right yep. they didn't ask questions they sent me a unit i put the unit in Customer's happy. I'm happy. Con, you know, everybody wins. Um, so, as far as that goes, as long as somebody stand behind what they're selling to me, because they're making their cut out of it, so they need to, you know, help me out if there is an issue. So that's what I'm looking at most of the time, is if they're going to stand behind it whenever shit hits the fan. Yep, it's always that it's that brand versus when we hear that it's brand versus distributor support. Um, yeah. once again, most everybody's building a pretty solid piece of equipment. Um, yeah. and we had just, when we were doing this fan favorite countdown, our episode with, with HVAC God with Keith, um, I had posted a clip 
a couple of weeks or maybe last week, early last week for him. Um, and he said the exact same thing. He said, you know, if you're going to go through this whole rigmarole, if I have a DOA unit on site and we've got to go through this, 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 and this, as opposed to you're just going to come, you're going to take care of it. And then we're going to sort it out after we get this problem fixed. He said, you know, you're my guy. If you're going to take care of me when I'm going to pinch, that's how I know who I'm going to rely on moving forward. He said, don't exactly. send me through all this, but we all know that we've got to deal with the level of paperwork that's going to happen because we're doing this to solve, fix the problem or solve the problem. But don't stand in the way of us solve the problem. Let's get it fixed, and then we'll fix it on our end too. Exactly. And, I, and I've been on the other side of that where I've made a phone call on a brand new piece of equipment, and, um, you know, they brought me the part, you know, appreciate that. Then they brought me that part. And then literally three parts of that unit were bad in a brand new unit. Uh, the, the blower housing was not even put together. Um, the expansion valve where they put the little thread on to the coil itself, the, from the factory had cross threaded it. That was one of the issues. They had to bring a whole new coil out. Then on the new coil, the expansion valve was bad and the blower wheel <laughs> wasn't put together. And I was doing a job for the county, and they had to have it the next day. And I, that was one of my first jobs for the county. Um, so they they come out there, brought me all the stuff. Not to say I was not ticked off that three parts were bad on a new unit already, and they didn't have any other units in stock at that time because it was during COVID. Um, oh yeah. So fun, but times. it took like five months to get my money back, and I'm calling them like, "Hey man, I'm pretty straightforward. I'm gonna." tell you what I think. So my, like, Hey man, you know, I, I'm still charged for this, but Oh, well, just pay it. And we'll, we'll reimburse you. I'm like, okay, whatever. Five months <laughs> later, it's still not, you know, reimbursed. And I keep calling my, like, Hey man, they're like, well, what you need to do is just call up here and be a real, you know, asshole basically and no. raise some cane. I'm like, dude, I'm a, yeah, that's not, cool. like, that's what I'm doing I'm right doing now. It. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not my, the person I used to work for. I'm not going to raise cane. That's not, that's not going to solve anything. I need it fixed and tell me when you're going to fix it. And that's all I need to know. You know, I'm not going to call up there and look like a douchebag. Um, right. I just want it fixed. And that's as simple as that. And since then, um, you know, it, another thing happened after that. It was four months before I got a refund on it. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to push the project. If they're not going to stand behind me, I'm not going to freaking help them out. So that's kind of how it yeah, because these homeowners, man, yep. these new homeowners will chew you up and spit you out now. Yeah, they will. Unfortunately, they are different. They squeaky wheel gets the grease. You know, when I get involved and in, and in it's and in, in the homeowners to that point, when I go out there, I've dealt with homeowners for a long time, even before HVAC. I was dealing with them on the on when I was a general contractor and remodeler. They are not the same they used to be and they don't your business is on the line i mean They're your business is on the two line seconds oh yeah <laughs> between google and facebook and stuff like you're just done i mean you yeah. can't afford that you just can't afford it so it puts you in a spot and yeah i think you're right i think it it comes down to support you know most distributors are starting to see that that's a big deal and uh, hopefully everybody tries to get on board with that. I used to always say, you know, it was really big in, in mini splits, right? Everybody's like, 
you know, what's your favorite mini split? And I'm like, well, I'm going to put a mini split in that I can get a part for, has a decent warranty, (laughs) and somebody that can pick up the phone and help me work on it. If I got those three, I don't care if it's called, you know, um, whatever. It it don't matter. Like, I got to, because there's there's many splits online, right, that come from factory to your shop. And they don't have a distributor, right? They don't have a rep. They don't have nothing in the middle. They also don't have a parts place. It, it's it's from the manufacturer to your house, you're right. Um, you try to find a part on something like that. It don't exist. There is no, there is no parts. It's just a throwaway, you know. So you're telling it me is, if it I find Amazon, Amazon, you're going to put it in, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to throw. I want to go throw Amazon, Amazon a plug I don't there. Understand why y'all don't put it in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pioneer. I mean, I've said it on here yep. before. You know, Pioneer is one of those now. It might last you 10 years, right? You install yeah. it, it might it might work out great. But when it breaks, you can't get yeah. parts for it. Nope. And you don't know how to fix it. No. Well, even when if you, you did, have, like, you don't have yeah. anywhere to take the part to. Yep. To warranty it or any of that, right? That's where all that middleman comes in. And you got to have it. It's just what it is. That's the, that's kind of where we come in <clears> at, at Keystone, right? We're in between the the distributor and the, and the manufacturer as far because as you know we all have to have someone to bitch at yep oh yeah <laughs> yeah we are we are straight up called up in the middle for sure <laughs> yep um all right so before we get into uh a little bit of what your your pretty hardcore hobby is um you got any crazy critter stories you've had recently? See, recently I sit in the office all the time, so it kind of sucks. I don't get the fun anymore. You know, every day I was coming home with some well, not some recently. Cool stories. Yeah, what's your worst one? <laughs> yeah, I can't see. I I should have wrote down everything that has happened to me because they're for when I worked for the other company, it was a different um, clientele, I should say, that I was working <laughs> with. Um, so every day. Um, it was uh, it was something, and some of the things I probably shouldn't say on here. So, um, but there was a customer of mine. It's probably two years ago, and a guy I worked for him named Chase. We called him Chad. Um, customer called us like, "Hey man, uh, I got a trailer, and this dude's got more money than he knows what to do with. He's got like sixty some rental houses, and uh, he said, "Hey man, I got a I got a trailer down here, and uh, I need you to go look at the ductwork." I said, "I." You know, as far as ductwork goes on a trailer, they ain't really much you can look no, at. No, I can't look at it. It's under yeah. plastic. <laughs> yeah. He said, well, you got a camera? I said, well, why do you need it? He said, well, there's a damn possum in that thing, and we can't, <laughs> we can't find it. I said, uh, what? He said, there's a possum in there, and the homeowner said it come out of the vent and looked at him and went back in the vent. Oh, said, oh my, my God. God. Well, at least so, he back in there. Yeah, of course it did. So I said, oh, my God. I'm like, okay. So me and uh, Tyler and what we call Chad, his name's Chase, um, went out there. And well, Chase just started with us like two weeks before that. Oh, and so we showed up this trailer because I wanted to take everybody to see what in the world this even was. At that point, that was all I had anyways. Um, <laughs> right. So we go in there and we go to the master bedroom. And this, you know the little trash grabbers? that people 
yep. pick up trash on the side road. Yep. They had that and a trash can sitting beside the register. And so <laughs> I'm like, what? The? Yeah. And so we walk in there. I'm like, well, boys. Yeah, this ain't animal what... control. Yeah. I'm like, I don't really know what to tell you, but you stick your head and the flashlight down this hole because, you know, it's just one run. I mean, it just goes 60 right. feet in one direction. And I'll stick my head in this one. We'll see if there's something in the middle. So <laughs> I'd stick my phone down in there and they're shining lights. I'm like, man, we can't find this thing. Like, I don't know. Well, he called the guy. I'm like, man, we, we don't find no, I mean, you know, we don't see a possum in here. I don't know where he's at. He might be in the, you know, kitchen sink or something eating Cheetos, but he's not underneath <laughs> the ductwork. <laughs> and uh, so we, we, he said, well, can you check underneath it? And I'm like, all right, whatever. So he said, Chad, get your ass underneath there. So we oh, gave him a man. duck knife and that little grabber. <laughs> And I got a picture on my phone. I had to send it to you. And he's like, why do I got to go underneath there? I said, dude, you're the lowest on the totem pole, man. I said, you're getting underneath that. <laughs> and uh, so he crawls underneath the house. He's like, man, it stinks under here. I said, well, you might be getting close. Oh, <laughs> so, God. Uh, long story short, we didn't wrangle the possum, but uh, Chad was pissed. <laughs> He's like, I'm never going underneath the house. We like, we shut the, the door on him like, you're stuck in there now, but. He, um, yeah, it was possum is so menacing, man. When I've, yeah. I've came in, in contact with them in the crawl space. I've, like, I've had plenty of, of animal. That and, face, you know, man. Yeah. Possums are. I had my buddy hit me with a possum one day. Literally <laughs> smacked one. Yeah. That's what I said. So I was in high school and we had a bunch of coyotes and he had bought a coyote trap and I worked at a taxidermist and uh, my preacher was actually a taxidermist as well on the side. So anyways, worked for him while I got off at Ace Hardware. I went and worked for that dude, two jobs. And uh, so I would throw all the rotten meat in a, like a cage. Well, a couple of days later, if I couldn't go there to look, check the cage, uh, Jacob would. And because the reason we had to check it is because we caught a neighbor's dog and forgot about it for three days, and they were putting stuff on Facebook looking for their dog, and it was in our damn kennel. <laughs> uh, so Jacob's up there. He's like, "We got something." I'm like, "All right, well, okay." So I come over there, and um, he's standing there, kind of awkward, like I'm like, "What? What'd you catch?" He said, "It's over there." So I looked over beside the truck. About that time, I get hit in the back with something. Like, what in the world is that? And it was the possum. He threw the possum at me and hit me in the back with the possum. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, Come on, man. Was it alive? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it was nice. pretend like it was dead because Jacob was yeah, holding it by its tail. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, they just died yeah. right there. <laughs> so, um, yeah. After that, I'm like, dude, we caught zero coyotes. We caught a couple hawks, the neighbor's dog, a lot of possums. And had pictures of tons of coyotes, but they were too smart for us. So we said, "I was going to say they're they're a little bit probably too too smart for that." <laughs> yeah, you ain't so, catch I don't know many people that got smacked by a possum before, but I can say I have been smacked by a possum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all right, so we got to get into. I feel like we should have started with this. I'm going to cue the Top Gun music now. <laughs> Um, so let's tell us a little bit about your little hobby you got flying planes around yeah so um, 
I've always wanted to do it. And actually on my, you know what, that's kind of funny that you said Top Gun because my wife makes fun of me. We'd, I want to do it forever. Well, when we got married, we got married in Montana at Glacier National Park. And one of the national parks had a movie that you could go into about, anyways, and it was Top Gun. And I watched that movie and I was like, Hannah, yeah, I've been wanting to get my pilot's house. I'm gonna sign up for classes when we get back. And uh, she's like, shut the hell up. No, you're not, whatever. Well, okay. So that next week I called up to Lincoln's airport, which is the small town I'm at. I'm like, y'all got any classes for, you know, flying airplanes? Like, oh yeah, yeah. So they hooked me up with a dude named uh, Vladimir. And uh, oh, he I was said, straight yeah. out of top. No, no, actually, I'm sorry. They said, I'll have them call you. I'm like, okay. They never, they said his name's Vlad, but I wrote down on the paper, Flad. I thought his name was Flad. I'm like, who the hell's name's Flad? I'm like, whatever. Um, so he calls me, some Russian dude calls me. He's oh, like, boy. this is Vladimir. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, this is Taylor Dare, and he's like, yes, this is this Vladimir calling about uh, whatever air company. Anyways, so I'm like, oh yeah. He said, well, you want to come in and you know fly with us? I'm like, sure. So we went and flew, and I was like, this, this is fun. That's you know, I'm gonna do this. He said, well, most people don't make it through it. That's what everybody says. My like, whatever. Um, so me and him actually become really good friends, and uh, he's got two planes. And I was renting a plane out of LinkedIn Airport. And so flew with him. I started in October range, right after September. Actually, November of last year. Okay. And just finished up my private license. So now I can fly my wife around legally. And uh, my friends, they basically just want to fly over the lake and go see their house. But <laughs> that's pretty much it. There's my house. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, let's go to the lake. All right, where else you want? I'm, I'm going to call my grandma. She's going to come outside and wave at us, okay? Hey, Granny, we're outside. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? Yeah, so that's pretty much what I get done. Um, but I mean, what's your plans on that? Are you going to Do you have your own plane yet? Or? No, uh, not yet. I've looked at four, actually. Test flown a few, but um, I've got a little side business um, doing real estate stuff so i got some rental property and do some flip houses and such so i end up starting a spec house um and bought a trailer park and <laughs> some more property so i thought you didn't funds, do new construction no. yeah. well, if, I don't, <laughs> if it's actually, on wheels i got it yeah. <laughs> yeah. well it's kind of hard not to with the you know the housing market right now is crazy so I'm trying right. to take advantage of it when i can you know I'm trying to retire now, when I'm 35, so. You, you kind of told it. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, I missed <laughs> it. Damn. I'm going to have to pick Dang. a different number. Um, That's right. So tell me, you were telling me the other day about the plane you were in, and you were trying to take off, and it was it was dark, and you couldn't see anything. Or you were, maybe yeah. you were riding with a guy, or you were. No, nah, we were flying. Uh, I was flying. Um, I can fly at night, but I just won haven't flown enough at night to be like, yeah, I'm going to go here that I don't know what this airport. And I mean, it's just a right. different, a different feel, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but you can't tell if a light that you're looking at is either 20 feet in front of you or 600 yards in front of you or four miles away. It's hard to tell the difference at night right. when you're Until on it that. hits your windshield. Yeah, makes sense. yeah exactly. 
<laughs> so that's kind of, and if you're, you know, 10,000 feet, you can tell because there's nothing 10,000 feet in the air you're going to smack besides another plane. But right. when you're 3,000 feet, everything is on like the horizon. So it's kind of hard to tell if you're about to hit a tower in front of you or if you're <laughs> at Charlotte, you're seeing 40 miles away. You know, it's kind of, it messes with your head a little bit, but. Is that like your um, standard cruising height for what you're flying is around 3,000 feet or? Yeah. So it's, if I'm around LinkedIn just flying, you know, my wife or my dad or friends or whatever, I'll usually do 3,000 foot above sea level, which is about 2,000 feet above ground level where I'm yep. at. Um, hmm. So, you know, it changes if you're flying from my airport to, um, you know, the coast if you're at 3,000 feet on your altimeter, which is, you know, it's telling you you're 3,000 feet, you're 3,000 feet above the ground out there, but you're 2,000 feet above the ground here because, you know, yeah, elevation, elevation change. change. So right. um, you just really got to pay attention there. But, um, you know, my whenever I was 15, I brought a crotch rocket, and my mom was all behind it. She's like, yeah, you saved money on gas. I'm like, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just saving money on gas. It's like... <laughs> I don't understand what her reason was behind that, but I'm just kind of, I like a thrill, you know? You got to live, you only live once, so That's might true. as well have fun. Yep. You're just here for a good time, right? I am here for a good time. <laughs> and that's what I'm, I plan on, I actually bought, um, there's like online courses stuff that you have to do book work and then you got to do a practical exam and then um, you got to go for a oral exam. So you sit there and talk to an old dude that's flown for 50 years and he asks you questions and you answer them for a couple hours. Um, Jeez. so that was, it actually wasn't bad cause I overstudied, not, not overstudied, but I studied so much. It was not hard, but right. I was nervous going into it that what, I mean, my God, it's three hours of him asking me questions. What, what in the world is he going to ask? Um, but yep. no, that feels it's, uh, it was fun. I mean, it's just a little hobby, and I plan on going to get my commercial rating just so I can fly myself when I buy a plane out west to vacation. And um, I was going to say, I figured you're going to utilize this to mm-hmm. yeah. keep keep I mean, taking them off the bucket list. Exactly, and whenever you can, it, it's just convenient. It's definitely not cheaper, by God, to fly your own plane somewhere, <laughs> but it's more no. convenient. You know, you can go. I can drive 20 minutes to get on a plane and fly to the beach in an hour and then fly back, go eat lunch, come back and be back by, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh so, man. Yeah. That's a whole different animal there. Yep. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. It's, I was going to say, what's though. the fl- What's the furthest you've, you've went or is there a limit on that? I can go wherever I can fly. Friggin', uh, I mean, well, anywhere I want to go, it's just got to be in, VFR, which is uh, visual flight rules. Since I don't have an instrument rating, I just have a private pilot rating. Yep. Then I can fly when there's certain visibility, certain cloud cover, um, that sort of thing. So if it's super cloudy, you can't see, I'm not getting up in the air because I'm not. You don't have the instrumentation, right? Yeah, I've got instruments, but I'm not rated for that, so I can't technically fly in those conditions i just picture uh, you like tapping on yours and trying to get the needle to move yeah <laughs> yeah actually it's kind of uh, like, like a set of yellow jacket gauges yeah well so me and the instructor so he's russian like i said and i'm a redneck as you can tell 
So, <laughs> you know, he's telling me something, and we're it's kind of a language barrier a little bit because he was from Russia. He was born in Russia. Um, so he's telling me something, and it's nothing close to what I say. So we're sitting here looking at each other like, I don't know what you're saying, dude. Um, and so for the longest time, when I first started, he was saying, full reach, full reach. And I'm like, what is he talking, full reach? So I was grabbing it and pulling it forward towards me. He was saying full rich, which is the opposite of pulling it towards you. Pulling it towards you cuts the fuel supply. So I was grabbing it, and he was saying full reach. So I was grabbing like full reach, maybe, you know, grabbing the pull. <laughs> and so I'm pulling it. He's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, full reach? He's like, no, I said full reach. I said, that's what I said. He's like, <laughs> then I'm looking at the checklist. I'm like, about four times, you know, four flights into it. I'm like, what is he talking about? Full reach. And I looked into it. I'm like, it's full rich. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, so it was just, it was funny because he's kind of a redneck uh, Russian and I'm a redneck American. So it, we, you know, it worked out good and we're really good friends now. But um, there was definitely a, a time learning with him because we could, it was hard to communicate. And then you hear air traffic control talking and you got the Russian dude and the redneck on the intercom talking to air traffic control. Uh, so they're confused as well, but <laughs> it all works Jeez. out. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, cool. Um, yeah. What is your, and I know we all got to get up and get to work tomorrow. I don't even know what time it is. Oh, it's not too bad. You got, you got a DD coming to pick you up, don't you? Nah, well, I, I started drinking water earlier. So she, your wife's probably morning. like, nah. we'll bleep that part out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hydrated. Yep. He's just sleeping at the shop. He's gonna yeah. sleep back there on the on that cozy little couch over there. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. It's got a little pillows in the back, just in case my wife kicks me out. Of course, you know she had to put throw pillows on that thing since she designed it. That's right, for the aesthetics of your office, honey. That's right. I just had them in the back. Now, I don't know if I've asked you this. I may have before, but what is your plans on your company? Are you wanting to grow a little, little bit? Or are you like where it's at? Are you seeing so you um, see yourself getting a little bigger? I, uh, eventually, um, as of right now, I'm trying to keep it, keep the guys I got because they're all trained. They know what they're doing um, and grow our clientele more uh, to keep those guys busier and really pay them well instead of spreading it thin between a lot of guys i'd rather pay my guys really good salaries and keep them for 20 years um versus having more work more guys you know uh, that's my take on it i'm sure you could make more money if you did that eventually Um, but where we're at now with our profit margins and um, i don't have to babysit anybody i don't no, there's a lot. A there's no price for that. Man. No, there's not. Yeah. I mean, they show up. It, the dudes that work for me are 19, 21, 23, 57, and <laughs> 28. So, oh, yeah, you got a group. Like, you got a nice group there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's the dudes are, I tell them to be there around, you know, 7.45. They show up at 7 o'clock in the morning. I mean, I'm in the bed half the time, and it's like, ding, Jesus showed up, ding, Chase is there. I'm like, well, they're they're ready to work. I mean, they show up. They're, I want to be the guy that I never had as, a, you know, a boss that. Right. Mm-hmm. My boss before never. Don't mean this. You know, it's true. 
didn't give two craps about you. They didn't give a crap about your family. They didn't give a crap if you had enough money to, to eat at that, you know, I wasn't ever starving to death, but there's people out there that are. Um, and I want to be the boss that people come into work and they're like, I'm ready to go. You know, if I need something, I know he's here for me. If, you know, if my something's going on with the family, I'm not going to tell them you pick between your family or your job or anything like that. I want to make sure that they're taken care of. Unlike I was, you know, I was not. Well, everybody will take care of everybody. Everybody will take care of everybody. Yeah. That's a, if you can create that culture in your workplace, that's a lot. Yeah. And I mean, so far I'm sure there's people that pay some more than I do in the area. You know, as a small business, it's hard to offer health insurance. So that's, I mean, I've talked to different companies and, you know, yeah, they offer health insurance, but it's like, you still got to pay $500 a month. And when you go to the doctor, you're still paying out the pocket. You know, it's really mm-hmm. not. Yeah. It ain't because you don't want to offer it. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, just, it's not that not, I want to offer it. Yeah. No. And we offer retirement plans. And I mean, I give my guys, if we're slow that week, I'll give them hours just because I don't want them to one. I don't want them to go looking somewhere else because they're good guys. So I'd like to pay them really well that they're not even thinking about going anywhere else because they know that they can't get it better than where they've got. And right, they're good at their job. So that's what I'd like to keep um, and not have to go look for work. Work comes to us and we're picking and choosing what we want to do versus picking everything just to keep the guys busy. Well, and that happens because those guys are happy where they are. They're compensated well, so they do good work, which there in turn leads to you getting more work because they've done good work. Exactly. And well, and they always together. say that when people leave jobs, a lot of times it's not for money. Yep. Yeah. It's a mental game, right? Yeah. It's something to do with their mental game. You got to keep them trusting you. You got to keep them excited about coming to work. Like, like you said, when they, if they're getting there 45 minutes early, that's huge. That's, yeah. that's big. Especially that age. Not to beat yeah, that I mean, age up. But. And none of the people come in to me every day. Like, yeah, it's hard to find good help. Mike. Not if you treat them right and you teach them. All my guys didn't know what a heat pump was and they started for me except for one. Um, and I trained them the right way to do it instead of the quick way to do it. And that's why we don't have warranty issues. I mean, the guys... Yeah, it might take them two hours longer to put it in than a lot of other companies, but when they walk away from it, they know they've done everything manufactured specs that it's going to, if it breaks, it sure as heck wasn't from anything we done. Right. Um, and I can stand behind that 100% knowing that they done it and I done everything to make it correct. And if it fails, it just, it failed. It wasn't us. Yeah, I remember when I did training over there, the first time I trained at your shop, you got now, um, those guys were just like all ears, just staring at me. <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah. And you know, you don't get that. You don't get that a lot. And that's that culture you're creating, right? I mean, that's what it is. That's what we're trying anyway. So, so far it's worked. And, um, I had a, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, now he had worked for me. He was my first employee. Good guy. I actually talked to him today, um, but he got an offer from somebody else. So it was two more dollars an hour. And I uh, said, so, well, you know, grass ain't green on another side, brother. I said, but you no, know, you do what you need to do for your family. And if that's what you need to do, then, you know, that's up to you. 
went and worked for him for three days, called me back. Hey, man, got my job back. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> sorry, man. And, you know, great guy. He's a good good dude, and I was training him. Uh, but he realized that he screwed up real quick, you know. It's like, yep. it ain't all, they might offer you something, but it ain't always what it's cut out to be. So um, I just try to look in their shoes as, you know, that's what's helped me out a lot because, like I said, I've had some really crappy leadership, Army, um, you know, and previous job history, and I just don't want to be that guy. So that's kind of what drives me to do better and actually appreciate somebody versus just seeing them as that's my, you know, dude just to make me money. Right. Well, we talk about that on the show all the time, too. It's leadership and culture is what builds you a better business moving forward. And the more you care about your people and the more you serve the people that work for you, the more successful you are. Yeah. If you give good to them and give, let them give good to the world, then you're in a good place. And try to at least train your employees as well, because I, my brother-in-law worked for a company. Um, he saw that I done HVAC and was like, Hey, I'm going to do HVAC. So, um, he didn't live near me. He went and worked for a company and went from not knowing what a capacitor was to going out and supposed to be fixing units in a three-week span. They didn't train him. Jeez. They didn't. And so you imagine, one, it makes him, it kind of belittles him because he don't know what he's doing. It's not his fault. I would right. never send a dude out there by himself three weeks into it to go fix somebody's problem. Um, and then you get a bad rep for your company because you got a dude coming up there that has no clue what he's doing. But it's not his fault. It's the, the company just pushing, trying to make more money. It's like it's not a good product at the end of the day. Yeah, that learning, you know, when it comes to trying to be in, being professional for a homeowner and showing up as a professional, like that that sink or swim thing that's how i was i was thrown into a van like you just got to go figure it out it's like holy moly Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on walking up to a homeowner's house don't know what's going on you don't know how to fix it then they're they're staring you down you know you have to be eased into that yeah you know school don't teach that and you know he was calling me asking me questions like dude i I mean have you checked this? I'm like, what? What is that? I'm like, oh god. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know how to explain this over the phone. And he's he's a really smart guy. He picked up on it way quicker than 99 percent of people. He's I man, he's super smart. Uh, right. But it wasn't his fault. The company didn't want to put their time into training somebody. And that's, I mean, what, if he wasn't as smart as he was, he wouldn't have figured out even a quarter of what he did. You know? Mm, um, right. So it's. I guess that's just the way it, it was a really big company. So I guess that's maybe how they roll, but that's not how I want to roll. <laughs> I mean, some do, some don't, you know, I know big yeah. companies have a lot of times they have a lot of turnover. Yeah. And that may be part of that. You know, I know a lot of guys that have gotten to your size and they're still at your size and they like it. Yeah. Some have eased on to be a little bigger and they still have that same mentality and they treat it the same. They just got, you know, five more guys that are still doing the same thing. But, you know, at some point you do have to step even further away as an owner. And, 
start working on side, uh, you know, parts of the business now that didn't really exist, and now they do. And it, it, it kind of sucks that you're not involved day to day on certain things. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I talked to a lot of guys that are four man operations, and they're just having a ball, and they like it. Yeah. You know, and you can I mean, still I, sell that. You can still sell that down the road. I mean, yeah. Especially if you're just doing change outs and stuff like that and service contracts. That's what, you know, they yep. want to see, not a whole bunch of new construction, I wouldn't think. But um, no. you know, if you only got four guys, which that's pretty, we only got five plus me. Uh, so we don't really have to go out looking for it. So it's kind of nice. Um, you don't have to super advertise for it because you don't have 55 guys in there looking at you when they come in. And right. I told my guys, I'm like, look, I'm never going to send you home without a paycheck. So if you guys want to work, it might not be HVAC, but we'll work on one of my rental property or we'll do, we'll do something during the slower times just to make sure that you can provide for your family. Cause I'm not going to tell them to go home with no pay just cause nobody called that day. It's like, that's not fair to them whenever it's no. busy and I'm making money. And, right, my dad did the same know, thing, man. Still it, does. Like, Still does. Yeah, you have to do that as somebody that just does changeouts, but um, or I feel like you do, or you're not going to keep good employees. No, you're right. All right, well, look, man, appreciate you coming on the show. We, yeah, we covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did. It's been a great time, <laughs> and we'll have to have you back on. When you get your, uh, well, when you're flying us somewhere. That's Vegas it. Yeah, well, there it is. Well, I think you guys could sponsor a plane. But the good thing is I won't have to change the name of the plane. Ooh, God, he learns quick, doesn't he? <laughs> yep. We call it Tailored Air Squared. Since I already got Tailored Air, I'm going to open up an aviation branch, Tailored Air Squared. And uh, I don't even really have to change. I might even have to change the logo or anything. Just put a little plane at the bottom or something. No. there you go <laughs> now i am gonna so, have to hit you up because i'm gonna take a i haven't gone out west as far as like a vacation wise and i've got a ton of credits i gotta use so i'm, I'm i gotta figure out i want to take a trip man. out west yeah you gotta utah. go to utah it's awesome i went there for my bachelor party you can't beat it if you go to I mean, what's the money Vegas? time of year Depends on what you're going for. I mean, and what if we do out, a Christmas time? Is that too much? Is it? Well, I mean, <laughs> some parks are closed. Depending on what part, if you're what you're trying to do. If you go into Utah, like Southern Utah in the mountains, it's going to be snow. I mean, it's going to be right. a lot of snow. Right. Um, so that's probably not the best time to visit Utah. Um, but if you're going to Death Valley, I guarantee you, there's no snow there. Um, no, that's a pretty right. cool place. That, that, it's not that. It's not that bad in November. No. Okay. Not as cheap. Well, yeah, I got one in. I got one in college and one in middle school. So their their school like times off now don't line up. So yeah. it either it's like Christmas break or you know summer break. It's gonna stink now. They're not gonna line up. So yeah, that's, yeah. We'll have to figure it out. I'll have to get yeah, way. I'll shoot you some info. My wife's she was a teacher, so she's got an itinerary. If you wanna a strict schedule on where you're going to take a piss at every time. She knows where to do it. <laughs> but next time I'll figure out how to work my, my AirPods, I promise. No, you're good. Hey, we'll get you a mic next time. Yep. Hey, and I'm going to get you some Buffalo Trace over there real soon. 
You better. Nope. I'm holding you to that. All right. Yeah. I'll let you have some of the wild turkey tree shaker. Oh, <laughs> we'll man. We'll trade. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's actually not that bad. It's pretty good. That is not a fair trade. <laughs> Come on, man. You're going to have to put a little with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got some popcorn back here, too. I got one more left, so you better hurry. All right. <laughs> well, cool, man. Be careful. We'll talk to you yeah, soon. Man. And uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, good luck out there. Appreciate it, yep. Taylor. Y'all too. Good talking to you. You too, brother. Talk to you later. What tomorrow brings Life's too short to waste it I say bring on anything I ain't here for a long time I'm here for a good time So bring on the sunshine The hell with the rain some moonshine